morning. Happy Father's Day to everybody out there. Uh, just, you know, just when I think about Father's Day, let me just give you five gifts you can give your daddies today. Can I do that for you? Write these down real quick. This is free, okay? First thing, if you've already talked to your dad, that's great. And if you haven't, this, this will help you. But the first thing I want to there's five gifts your daddy will cherish. The first one is the gift of appreciation. Just appreciate them. Call them and appreciate them. Not only that, the gift of respect. Let them know that you respect them and honor them. And then the gift of encouragement. How many of you know that all of us need a little encouragement? And another one, I just think the gift of celebration of differences. Amen. How many of you know you didn't always agree with your dad 100%? So you need to just learn to celebrate the differences that you have. And the last thing is the gift of support. You know, and it's like I know that when sometimes when you talk about Father's Day, it's... it's uh, you know, not some people just don't have great memories of their fathers or their fathers weren't there. And I just want to let you know that I was thinking about that today because for me, it's been 23 years since I've been able to pick up the phone and just say, hey, Dad, I just want to tell you I love you. And, you know, and, and I just started thinking about that today. And I said, you know, God, thank you for being my father. Thank you for being my father. And I know there's many people that are here today that maybe you didn't have the ideal father, but I just want to let you know you have a, fa- a heavenly father. He, like he's, he's everything you've ever needed. He's everything you've desired. He's the father that, that is better than any father that you could have on earth. And I just want to let you know that, you know, God loves you. He sent his evidence of love towards us. And we know that if you understand the gospel that he sent, he sent his son. And one of the greatest things of a father, I think the greatest thing of being a dad is just knowing your children are doing well. Just knowing your children are doing well. That's one of the greatest things you can have. I know that this morning uh, I got my son Andrew and his wife Julie here. That's awesome. And Olivia. Well, all my other kids are out spread out. Zach's in Eunice with my grandkids over there. My soon-to-be grandchild. It could happen even this morning. Even now, no, she, anyway, I'm just not going to alarm anybody. She's going, please. And, uh, you know, and then Luke's at a baseball tournament. And so, you know, I, it's all spread out. My son, Matt, called me from Nashville. Andrew wished me happy Father's Day. And we're going to celebrate later today. But, you know, when I, when I think about it, it's just it's the greatest gift that you can have as a father is just knowing your children are doing well. It, just knowing your children are being blessed. You know, because there's fathers today. I thought about it. There's fathers. And any of you guys that served in our military, we just honor you because, you know, they're fathers today. I read about a guy that he had a son that was a, was a second lieutenant in Iraq, and he was uh, tragically killed by a roadside bomb. And he started celebrating. He's just thanking God for his son and the memory. He, he gave his life for our country in 2007, it just made me begin to think, thank God that I have all my children. Thank God that, you know, that I'm blessed. How many of you are blessed this morning? And so, you know, uh, if you're blessed, it's, it's just an opportunity. I'm just speaking from my heart. Is that all right? It's just, it's just an opportunity. And if you don't have your daddy anymore and he's gone on, just thank God for, just go. I, I, I'd encourage you to go to the Lord and just say, God, thank you. Thank you for the father you gave me while I was here on this earth. Amen. And so this morning, I'm excited because I want to share with you with something that it's maybe not 
one of the greatest things in the world to share, but I'm going to talk about it, and we're going to tackle something, and I want to pastor you this morning. If I'm not your pastor, my name is Pastor Bubba McCann. If you're a visitor, we're so glad that you're here to visit with us, and all the rest of the people that, that worship here, why don't we just give all those that are visitors a big hand for being with us. I know that we have a lot of people that are out there in the summer. I've seen on Facebook, they're enjoying themselves in the sun. And, and some of them, they're in beautiful places. And I'm, and I'm jealous. I'm going, Lord, let them get a sunburn. You know, just, and, uh, you know, and it's like, you know, I saw pictures of Josh and Lindsay, where they were in the Garden of the Gods. And, you know, in Colorado, I go, man, I've been there, man. I'd love to be there right now with the weather being about 65 or 70 and no humidity. I mean, it's just the devil, Right. But, you know, listen, God's got a special place for everybody that is from South Louisiana in the South that live below the, the humidity zone. We actually have bigger mansions. I just want to let you know that. And we have air conditioning all the time. How many, how many that's just a relief to some of you, all right? But, you know, this morning, what I, want, I just want to welcome you back. We're going to actually, we're starting, we, we started a new series in James. And we actually, it's practical lessons from Jesus' little brother, uh, James, and uh, he was actually a pastor, and he was the pastor of Jerusalem. And the first week we talked about that we all, how we all face trials and, and temptations, don't we? And we talked about how, you know, the, the, the greatest thing you can do to grow through your trials and tribulations, just falling in love with Jesus is the best way to overcome temptation. And last week we talked about listening and doing. And uh, we talked about, you know, we all need to be, we, we talked about the Sea of Galilee, how you have to have something coming in, a source coming in, and you have to have things going out. We talked about constipated Christians. All right, if you don't know what that means, is there's a lot of people who sit there and they get truth, 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 and nothing passes through them. And so you understand what I'm talking about. We don't need to go there. So everybody last week had a spiritual enema. And everything is passing through this week. Amen? Okay. And so this week, and it's talking about receiving and learn, listening from God. It's, it's releasing and doing what God has given you to do. And so this morning, today, we're going to talk about prejudice. Thanks for all those amens and claps. And how prejudice shows the evil motive of our heart. And so what I want to do is I want to read 13 verses this morning. I want you to follow along with me in James chapter 2. And it just says this, says, dear, my dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? For example, suppose someone comes into your meeting dressed in fancy clothes and expensive jewelry, and another comes in who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention to uh, to uh, and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to that poor person, you can stand over there or else sit on the floor. Well, doesn't this discrimination show that your judgments are guided by evil motives? Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in this world to be rich in faith? Aren't they the ones who will inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you dishonor the poor. Isn't it the rich who oppose you and drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who slander Jesus Christ, whose noble name you bear? Yes, indeed. It is good when you obey the, the royal laws found in scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you favor some people over others, you're committing a sin. You're guilty of breaking the law. 
For the person who keeps all the laws except one is as guilty as the person who has broken all of God's laws. For the same God who said you must not commit adultery also said you must not murder. So if you murder someone but you do not commit adultery, you have still broken the law. So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you are to be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you've, shown, you've been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. Amen? Thank God for the, his word. And, you know, Pastor James, is, he's a little upset because he's saying, you know what, guys? He said one of the things is because the church is behaving like the world. And he's saying this. James is saying the church shouldn't be like the world. The church should be like a family. You know? An example, I'm a, I'm a daddy, I'm a father, and, and you know, and I, I don't have favorites, I don't, okay? But I'll just say, I'll say this, I don't go around going, hey kids, you have a better GPA than so-and-so, so you get to sit next to me, and all you D students, you go sit in the other room, I don't want to see you. You know, I don't go, I mean, there are seasons in like, hor- and that's horrible things that happen, it's horrible when parents begin to, you know, uh, Play favorites with their children. It's just, it's horrible. We're, we're God's family. We're God's, we're God's children. God's our father, and he doesn't play favorites. Amen? You know, this morning, because it's just Olivia and I left the house this morning. It's kind of neat yesterday because we had to figure out what was going on. And I go, okay, Olivia, are you going to go to the game with mom, or are you going to come with me? Now, if you come with me, we can go on a daddy date. She goes, oh, I'm going with you, dad. And so I'm serious. I'm just watching. I'm reading something on my phone. And she comes in, and she brings six dresses. And she lays them on the floor. She goes, Daddy, which one? I go, are you serious? And so I go, this one, no, that one, I I like. And she thought, I was telling her the good ones, and she thought those are the ones that I didn't like. And it was actually the ones that I liked the best. She was like, I could see her. She's kind of getting bummed. My dad has no style. <laughs> and finally, I picked one dress, and she went, and we got it all cleared up, and she went and got another one. She said, but what about this? I said, that's the one. So if you see her in the little dress this morning, that's the one me and her picked. <laughs> so, you know, and she told me, she says, Daddy, I'm going to give you your Father's Day gift this afternoon, not this morning. Just let you know. So after service, I'm going on a date. So y'all just pray for me. Y'all need to pray for. Them. I'm gonna have a good time, and uh, we, you know. So we're family, our, uh, and our family is diverse. You know, I have five sons. They're all different, and I have one daughter. So she's way different. But you know, I can look at. All, I appreciate every one of my children and the strengths, the weaknesses, the gifts that God's given every one of them. They're diverse. But I love every one of them. And, and, other, it's, and it's the same way in church. You know, there's rich people that are sitting next to poor people this morning. And not only that, there's single people sitting next to married people. And there's some people that are single hoping to find someone that they can marry anyway. And there are black people sitting next to white people. And not only that, they're, they're highly educated people with no ed- and they're sitting next to people that have no education. And see, that's what the family of God is all about. It's diverse. 
So what I want to do is I want to break down some things this morning to take away really the heart of what prejudice is really about. And see, some people think prejudice is skin color. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the issue of the heart because that's where Jesus always looked at was the heart. Because he sees things different than we do. Amen? It doesn't matter the color of your skin because we all bleed red and that's what Jesus bled for every one of us. And it crosses all cultures. It covers all races. And so this morning, I want to talk to you what Jesus was saying. He was saying poor versus rich. You know, how many know there's prejudice in even that? You know, Corinthians says this, 1 Corinthians says, chapter 1, verse 26 through 29, it says, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. How many of you know that when, before God calls you, you weren't very wise? Yeah, thank you. Instead, God chooses those things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chooses things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring nothing what the world considers important. As a result, I love this, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Let let me just say, comparing ourselves with others is the root of division. It's just the root of division. You know, very few of us are wise and powerful and wealthy when God called you. That's what the scripture says. God is always proving his greatness through using weak things. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? God uses the opposite of what you think is great to prove his greatness. He just is. I look back. And I, how many know God's got a sense of humor? You know, I got kicked out of a lot of schools. And the cool thing is for many years, I started having public schools and schools call me to come and speak to the kids and rallies and speak and do Bible clubs and do things, secular things, red ribbon, blue ribbon, all those different things over the years. And I'm just too old to do that. But I think God got a sense of humor. They were kicking me out. <laughs> and God goes, well, I'm putting you back in by invitation. And, and so I think, to me, I go, I'm just a foolish thing. I'm just a dope, I'm a farmer dope head to give hope to someone's head. Amen? And so the, the incredible thing is, I don't need to get high. I serve the most high. And so this morning, and so he is always turning what the world considers trash into his treasure. He does. You look at Mother Teresa, a little low. Little Indian lady, you know, four foot whatever, seven or eight. And then, you know, you would look at her and you think, who is she? But she could rebuke a president of the United States for the unborn. In a good way. You know, I think about, you know, Jesus' closest disciples were men considered not important in this world's eyes. Amen? In fact, they were kind of, Peter, James, and John... They were fishermen, so they smelt fishy. They had working robes. They walked around. That's like, that's like working in Delcom or Cameron. Come on. And, and it's those people. That's the kind of people that Jesus hung out with. Someone from Delcom. Who are you? <laughs> I follow Jesus. That's all I know. I mean, Jesus' miracles were, in most cases, 
the, the wild thing is with, with those that were poor and despised people. If you read the scriptures, people that people rejected, people didn't want anything to do with. They didn't want them to come to their house. Hello, anybody? Y'all with me? Okay, we're going somewhere. We're traveling. We're on the travel channel, but I'm going to steer the ship. And see, Jesus is, not only that, Jesus himself came to this earth as common as can be, and he had no special treatment. For the first 30 years, he just worked. He showed up. He, he pulled, maybe he did a 7 and 7, 14 and 14. I don't know. He did a 24-hour call. I don't know what he did. I don't, I, I, we know that he was a carpenter. And carpenters, I mean, we got some carpenters. It's hard work. Back then, they didn't have a skill saw. You couldn't call DeWalt's. It was old school carpentry, okay, where they were hewing wood and they were, they, I, mean, I mean, they were making wooden dowels. I mean, they were, I mean, you had to be creative and you had to know. And it's amazing, but that, that's, that's, that's the poor, the rich. It says in Luke chapter 21, verse, verse 12, chapter, tw- chapter 12, verse 21, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but do not have a rich relationship with God. Now think about this. In Jesus' day, there was extremely rich and there was extremely poor people. The middle class, there was very, very, very few people, what we consider the middle class. It was rich or it was poor. And so rich in itself, you know, rich in, in self is, you know, rich in self is not rich. I'm, how many of you are talking about? But rich in relationship with God is truly rich. You see, what, it's, it's, a sad, it, it's sad today that, that more people are more impressed with, the, with, with people that have nice things instead of people that have a great relationship. Can I say that again? People are more impressed if you have good and nice things than they are if you have a good relationship with God. Amen. Because I believe this. When you have a great relationship with God, you're the richest person on the face of the earth. Because you have the Father in heaven. You know what? I don't have to follow the crowd. I want to follow the cloud. I want to follow the cloud. Wherever the cloud of God is, that's where I want to rest. You know? You see, the incredible thing is the Bible makes it clear. You see, it's sad today, but most people can care less about your relationships. Your relationship, your attitude, and your prejudice are uh, uh, um, either impresses or it enrages God. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? You know, the Bible makes it clear that it's okay to be rich. It's okay to be wealthy. It's okay to be rich. But it's just not easy when you have to be, you have to be careful to stay humble when you become rich. What does that mean? That doesn't mean you walk around like, oh, excuse me. That you recognize. Humble means you recognize that it was God's gift. It was God's favor. It was God's hand because you really know who you are. And anybody that's been blessed can say a big amen. I mean, that's, that's who we are. And see, the incredible thing is, is that the Bible makes it clear, you know, that, that, that you know, when, when you look, when I, when I think about, when I look around this room and I see, I see you, I think about your story. And I see where God's taking you. And I sit back and I'm amazed what God has done in your life and through your life and with your life. Amen. I'm amazed. How much more do you think the angels of God are amazed? They're going, my God, Lord. Man, you've, they, you have done a work in them. 
I saw someone this week, I saw someone yesterday at the ballpark, and there was a man I heard so-and-so's at your church. And I said, yeah, man, boy, they needed to be in your church. They said, but they said this, they said, man, they have changed. It's God. And I go, absolutely God, 100% God. You see, where you are today is not where you started. Can anyone give me an amen on that one? How many of you know you're not where you were? See, it doesn't matter. Here's the important thing. It's not how you start the race that's important. It's how you really finish the race that's most important. How you finish the race in God. Will you be faithful? Will you honor? See, the, the only thing, and you've heard me say it again, the only thing that God ever blesses is faithfulness. And so Jesus didn't look at rich or poor. He looked at the heart. And so let's go on. How to fight prejudice in your life. I'm going to give you three things, okay? How to fight prejudice in your life. Number one, look beneath the surface before you judge. What do you mean? John chapter 7 verse 24 says, look beneath the surface so you can judge correctly. What we have is we have a video that we're going to show you right now. And it's this church in New York. And they did some stuff. And we thought it would be perfect for this point. And just, I'll just let the, the video explain itself, and you'll understand it, and I'll come back. I want you to watch it. Guys, hit the button. There you go. My sister and her family have lived in New York for like eight years now. She took care of me when I was a little kid because my parents were working. Every Sunday I cook, and so my uncle calls me and um, he'll be like, hey, what you making? Nobody meets in bars anymore, but I I met my wife in a bar and, uh, you know, 34 years later, still working. My grandma had a lot of costumes from the theater that she started. When we were kids, we'd dress up in those costumes and we'd put on little sketches for the family. In my whole life, I've always felt like we were like a team, my brother and I. I think there's nobody who can understand you quite like your family. That's my cousin. That's really weird. I know she's not homeless because I just hung out with her a couple weeks ago, but I mean, it's, 
I did not know that that person walking, when I was walking by, it was her. <laughs> it's, you know, and things are a lot more real than you expect, so. Kind of make you think, doesn't it? Some of you can wipe the tears off around your eyes. That's fine. But you know, it's, it's just, it's, we got to look beneath the surface. You got to see people as people. And see, Matthew says it like this in Matthew chapter 8, verse 1 through 4. It says, large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you're willing you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. He says, I'm willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus said to him, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required by the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. And see, if you know anything about lepers, they were the outcasts in their day. Uh, they, didn't, they, didn't, they just didn't sit next to you, and you didn't touch them. But, you know, when I started researching this, it was kind of cool. I found, I found this cool fact. They actually, in Leviticus chapter 14, they actually had a ceremony that you would go present yourself to the priest, and he would declare you f- uh, clean. And out of the 1,500 years that they had this ceremony, this thing prepared for a leper, they never had one leper ever appear before a priest until this leper that was considered clean. And see, the incredible thing is, is that have you ever seen someone with deformity, facial burns, skin disease, or somebody that just looks different and it makes you feel different? Makes you feel uncomfortable. Remember how you felt the first time you, you saw someone like that and you're probably, you, you probably formed some kind of form of prejudice inside your own heart. Come on, anybody with me? It's quiet. All right, is that right? See, the golden rule says love your neighbor. What? How many of you love with yourself? Some of you looked in the mirror this morning and you went, I just love you. You see, Jesus shows us how not to be prejudiced by laying hands on the leper, which in those days was a big no-no. You don't put your hands on the leper. In fact, you know what? Jesus touches what the world calls untouchable and resists what the world calls irresistible. 
You know what? Jesus goes beyond. And that's, you know what I love about Jesus? He's always the example to go beyond what you think. Amen? Amen. You see, the second thing is, is that God, look at your relationship before you look at your wealth. What do you mean, Pastor? Luke chapter 21 says this. It says, yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not, but not have a rich relationship with God. Look what Matthew says. Matthew 8. Verse 5 through 13. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, these are in the same chapter, just, couple, just verses apart. A Roman officer came. He's a centurion. He, he, he is a commanding officer in an occupied territory. In Luke's account, he was wealthy as well. So it's like, it's like an American lieutenant colonel being in a village in Iraq or Afghanistan, or it gives you that kind of, you understand what I'm saying? Okay? And, 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 and the Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed. This isn't even someone in his family. This is someone that just serves. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer says, Lord, I, will, I am not worthy to have you come into my house. Just say the word. How many of you know Jesus is the word? Say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers. I have authority over my soldiers. I, I only need to say, go, and they go, and come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Turned to those who were following him and said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And I tell you, I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from the east and the west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, whom, those whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness, there where there, is, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home because you have believed it has happened. And the young servant was healed at that very hour. And this, this is what I think it does. This, this story really paints a picture of a wealthy Roman approaching a poor Galilean. A powerful centurion seeking out a meat carpenter. A mighty man of war approaching the Prince of Peace. That he comes. He said, Man, you, Lord, you don't... I, he understood authority. And I believe every one of us... And when you understand the authority of the believer... Because, you know, Jesus said, Greater faith have not seen in all of Israel. It's the faith of the believer. It's faith that we stand in the midst of our circumstance, no matter what we go through, no matter what we face. And then we go... I serve a God. See, centurions in Jesus' day were in charge of 100 men. They were part of a legion that was 6,000 6, men. The common soldier earned 200 to 300 denarii a, a year. And this, this particular uh, centurion, because of his ranks, uh, probably gathers any between, anywhere between 5,000 to 20,000 denarii a year. Centurions in that day, a centurion was in the upper class. Jesus turns from healing the leper and heals a servant in an upper-class upper centurion with a word. 
Think about it. Two different people, two different kinds of people, two different sets of people. Rich, poor. It's funny that Jesus doesn't lay hands on the centurion like he did the leper. Jesus was impressed by the faith of both people, and, they showed no, and he showed no prejudice toward either one of them. You know, let me just say this. Be impressed by someone's relationship with Jesus and not by the knowledge of him that they have. Look at me. I've met a lot of religious people that know more about God than I know on the facts, but they haven't even lived up to the facts that they know. Are you hearing me? I've been in places where I've had, I can see it. I can see the look. I can see that person, and they have that little religious, like, I know it all look. I've had that before. And the Lord, sometimes the Lord has dropped a word of knowledge in my heart, in my spirit, to share with someone. One time a guy came to me, sort of wanted to argue with me, and I just said, hey, man. <laughs> and I said, hey, man, let me ask you a question. I'm going to share what I said. I'm, y'all mind? Okay. I said, let me ask you a question. How's your thought life? Because I just looked at him and said, you know, God just wants you to know. He wants to give you victory over the weak thought life that you have. It stopped the argument. Listen, one person with God, I believe this, God never sends a person with an empty envelope. If you represent God, it doesn't matter how smart people are. It doesn't matter the odds against you. Because one for God and one with God, that's the majority. Amen? And see, the, the, the next thing is, so don't be impressed by someone's relationship. Don't, don't, be, don't, don't be impressed by someone's relationship with Jesus and not, and not have the knowledge of who he is. Number three, and the final one, see others with the eyes of mercy. What do you mean? James chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. So whatever you say and whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. How many of you right now, you go, I want to show mercy. That's what the scripture says. It makes you want to go ahead. I don't want to be. And then it goes like this. Look what it says. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. See, in the story, the leper and the centurion, Jesus shows mercy to, to them both with no prejudice and no judgment. The three most despised people in this culture, let me tell you what they were. Number one was a leper. It was like the modern day case of AIDS. Okay? There was a stigma on you. I'll just be honest with you. I used to minister to people that had AIDS. And, but the first time when it first came out, I didn't want to touch people. Can I just be honest with you? He was like, I didn't want to touch him. I was like, man, I'm going to get it. Remember the fear everybody had? Come on, let's just be honest. Come on. I have a cousin that died from it because he had a blood transfusion. Okay? When I remember going to pray with him in the hospital and sharing with him before he went on to, went on to be with the Lord. I prayed, I prayed salvation with him. But I, I remember, I was just like, man, what do I do? And you imagine the people, when they saw Jesus touch the leper... They were going, oh, oh, don't, because the law said don't touch him for so many days. And see, we live in such a religious culture. Are y'all with me this morning? 
well, I can't do that. I can't be that person. I just know this, is that whenever Jesus gives you something, a burden to do, you just need to go do it. So the leper, you know, he was was banished from society. He was, uh, the, the second person that was despised was women. They were, they were considered like a second-class citizen in this culture. In fact, if you had a baby and you had a little boy, they would celebrate. They would come to your house, wait till the lady had a baby, and they would have a big party if you had a boy. But if you came and you had a girl, they were all ready, and you had a girl, they'd pack up their stuff and go home. What a sham. But that's how they thought. They thought women were just good to have babies. That's all they were worth. And we're going to throw a party for my little granddaughter that's coming. That's all I got to say. And the third class were Gentiles. If you were a non-Jew, because see, this is what Jesus said. In, in Matthew, when he was talking to the centurion, what did he say? He said, it was made for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But they're going to be, God's going to bring Gentiles in here to sit with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Praise God. That's us. Heinz 57s, amen? That means Cajuns. Meshach, we here. Listen, the celebration doesn't happen until Cajuns make it to heaven. That's all I got to say. But see, here it is. is that, you know, in this story you see, and, and, and so these are the spies, but Jesus sees through through. Clear lenses that aren't clouded in its own motives. And see, that's what we need. We need Jesus' contact lenses to see people like Jesus sees people. He doesn't look rich, poor, black, white, yellow, brown, whatever you are. If you're mixed, if you're whatever, it doesn't matter. Jesus sees. Amen? He didn't see with clouded vision. He saw the centurion as the same way that he saw the leper. And see, they were both in need of something they couldn't provide for themselves. They needed a touch. They needed something. How many of you came to Jesus needing something? How many of you saying, Pastor Bo, that's what, I need something this morning? You see? You see, they were both came to Jesus as the source of their need. They go, hey... I've looked at every, how many of you looked at all kinds of places until you came to find Jesus himself? You went all kinds of, maybe that, maybe this, maybe I'll set up at three o'clock and maybe that pill will help me. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get that, that little, that, that little rubber thing, band thing around your waist and I'll feel better about myself. Maybe I'll get that hair tonic. I mean, I'll just look good. Maybe, maybe. We all had all these maybes. You know, they both had faith that Jesus could find, could fill their need. Listen to what you need, guys. Jesus is not a respecter of persons. What he's looking for, people that have faith, that he can fill the need that they have. You have a need this morning? He can fill your need. I'm not talking about your wants. I'm talking about your needs. You see, they both experienced the love and the mercy of God on that day. They both experienced, they both have a story to tell and an opportunity to bring God glory, God's glory. They both walked away 
different that day. See, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God includes everything that this world despises. Look at me. Can I tell you something? There are going to be people in heaven that had AIDS. There are going to be people in heaven that had a homosexual lifestyle, that repented of their lifestyle and gave their life to Jesus and trusted him. They're going to be molesters that, get re- that repent. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They're going to be people that robbed and stole. They're going to be people that killed people. They're going to be people that had a bad thought life. But they, they repented and they gave their thoughts to Jesus. Are you hearing me? He is the person that fills your need. And I don't know where you're at, what kind of guilt and condemnation burger the devil's trying to make you eat this morning. But he's come to set people free. Because, see, the devil's always trying to get you to eat a condo burger. You know what a condo burger is? Condemnation. You'll never amount. You'll never. Not you. Oh, we know. Let me ask you a question. How many of you were pretty good sinners? Okay, wait. I'm going to give y'all, because some of y'all are lying and y'all acting like a sinner right now. Okay. How many of you would say, man, I was pretty good at what I used to do? Come on. But let me ask you this. How many of you feel like God was pretty good at what he did and filled that void in your life? And when you met him, you were never the same. And see, if that's you, you got a story to tell and you have an opportunity to share that with anybody and everybody because you have a story to tell. Because you had a need. And Jesus saw your need like the leper. He saw your need like the centurion. And you were, it didn't matter your circumstances. And he saw your need and he said, what do you need? But I love blind Bart, B.B., Okay? Blind Bartimaeus sitting on the road. Lord! I mean, he's screaming. The crowd saying, shut up! He didn't have time for you. And he goes, Lord! And he, and he goes, hey, someone calling me. And the disciples go, Lord, there's all kinds of people calling you. No, no, but he heard faith through the crowd. Remember? And he looks at him, what do you want, Bart? I just want to see. And he touched him and boom, he saw. Another guy wanted to see spit in the mud. Put him on his eyes and said, go wash him. Wow. You know why he did it differently? Because we'd have mud pits at every church for anybody who was blind. God's just saying, look, I can do it any way, not your way. The kingdom of God is not the way we think it is. Are you hearing me? The kingdom of God is God reaching out to people in their greatest time of need. It could be on their deathbed. I've prayed with people on their deathbed that have said this. I'll just, I'll take my chances. And that night when I left, a nurse said that he was screaming all night. Get the chains off. Get the chains off. And he died the next morning. Then I've been with other people like my cousin, my cousin Tripp, that I prayed with him. And he gave his life to the Lord. And I remember doing his funeral. And there was a lot of partier people there, and he was good looking, all this stuff. Great guy. But he, gave, he professed Christ as his Lord and Savior. You understand? You feel a need. I think of my grandfather, who was always cranky with my grandmother. My grandmother loved Jesus. She'd get him, like, you know, and I'd leave the door open. That's the only time I ever heard Jesus' name. Jesus, close the door. Oh, okay, close the door. That's the only time I ever heard him say Jesus. 
close the refrigerator. I mean, if you open the refrigerator, he was kind of got, you'd open the door, you have to grab it. Like, he was always thinking about it. He's gonna, you know, all this stuff. And it, my, my grandmother's real name was Maydale. He'd go, Maydale, get them boys, close that cabinet, close that family. And I remember, man, my grandmother, she's the same one when the refrigerator died. She, she went over there and, and you know, and, he, and she, she's like, oh, I can't. He, can, he won't buy a new refrigerator, Lord. She went over there, laid hands on the refrigerator, and it didn't go. She kicked it and it ran for three more years in Jesus' name. She did. He kicked that thing back into life. Can I tell you something? The gospel is good news because it should unite us because, number one, all people are made in God's image. But some people get confused about their design. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God, how was that? Listen, when you live in a world that's full of confusion, listen, I believe our society go. look, and I'm not trying to point to anybody, but the way that we're led is the way we live. Whatever leader we have in the White House or in whatever country you're from or whatever, let me tell you, whatever, it just reflects who we are as a people. We can point fingers, but, you know, we don't have... We don't have a God problem. We have a leadership problem. If we have a leader, that's what we need to pray. God, give us leaders. Leaders that will repent. Leaders that will honor you. Because when you have a society that honors God, the society is blessed. This is not a political meeting because there's no Democrats and Republicans in heaven. There are people that love Jesus. There could have been those while they were here on earth. But the most important thing was that they love Jesus with all their hearts. So what I'm saying is that God's people are made in his image. There's no confusion in that. There's none. But the enemy, the Bible says, the enemy is the author of confusion. The second thing, all people are sinful and we're all in need of a Savior. Anybody say amen to that? And the last thing, All people belong to Jesus are equally saved, equally loved, and equally forgiven. I mean, that's it. You see, we belong. If you've trusted Jesus, you belong to him. He loves you. Come here, Andrew. He's my son, my number two son. I love this boy because he's passionate, okay? But the thing, you know what? As a father, there's nothing I wouldn't hold back from him. There's a few things I'd hold back from. But, not, <laughs> but I love him and I trust him because he's my son. And if he calls me and says, Dad, I need so-and-so. Or, Dad, will you? Dad, I'll do whatever I can because he's my son. And I love my son. And because, I mean, he's, he's part of me. He's part of Tracy. Amen? And Julie loves him because they have a baby. We know that they love each other. You can sit down. But the incredible thing is, is that what God wants more than anything, look at me. He wants us to understand that he loves us. 
Well, you know, someone's... Can I tell you something? God loves you just as much as he loves T.D. Jakes. He loves you just as much as Joyce Myers. He loves... I can start giving you names. He loves you. And sometimes we need to get that through to our own thick skulls because of all the lies and all the... Can I just... Can I just... The dysfunction that we live in. The dysfunction that we walk through in life. Then God just wants, I want to get you past the dysfunction, and I just want to reveal myself to you. And when God reveals himself to you, he's better than you ever thought he was. You see, not only is he forgiving you, not only is he loves you, but he's forgiven you. And see, let me just tell, let me just set a few of you free this morning. Quit asking God to forgive you for the same thing you've asked him for forgiveness for 500 times. I remember one day when I first got saved, Pastor Jake led me to the Lord, all this stuff. And I was driving one day, and the Lord really spoke to me. And this is how he spoke to me. I, I'm, I'm asking him, God, will you forgive me for this? I was just feeling bad about something I'd done. God, will you forgive me? And God just stopped me. And it was the first time I really heard God just speak to me this way. He says, Bubba, I don't even know what you're talking about. He threw in the sea of forgetfulness, not to bring it back up to me. Now the devil will pull it out of his trick bag. But see, look at me. I want to tell you some of you this morning, some of you need to know that God loves you. Look at your neighbor, and that might be your wife, it might be your husband, or someone you don't know, but just look at them and tell them this, Jesus loves you. Look at the other person you avoided that you didn't want to tell that to. And you go, you too. We need to see through Jesus, the eyes of Jesus. How you treat others shows what your motives are. See, it's not about, like I said, it's not skin color. It's your view of life. It's your view. It's how you value people. And how you value, if you have a relationship with God, you're not going to be prejudiced. Thanks for all those amens. You're just not. Because the Bible says to love your neighbor is what? As yourself. See, Pastor James was trying to tell people in the church, quit quit being in cliques. Don't be in a clique. But, But allow... A spirit of generosity to just, just to come up in you. That you're generous to all people. That's one thing I love about my grandfather, my, my daddy. He just loved all people. He was a coach for many of my years, growing up years. So we had, he, he coached black guys, he coached white guys, and they treated them all the same. And I'd go visit homes with him and talk to the parents. And he just loved on them. He was a great coach, a great motivator. And that's why I just learned to love people. I just watched him. I just watched him. I couldn't be mean. Parents just loved him because he cared about their kids. You know what? Let me tell you something. If we don't, look at me, and I'm going to let you go here in just a minute. If you have children, if we treated your kids bad, you wouldn't be coming back. Right? Why? Because let me tell you, if we touch a kid, if we reach a kid and he loves it here or she loves it here at our children's church, we got your heart, baby. We got your heart. You reach a kid, you reach a parent's heart. And listen, God's going, I just want to reach your heart, man. You know what you need? You know what, what's missing? 
You know what, you, what, 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 what needs to happen in your life? And it's just, you need to have the faith that God can fill whatever you need, the void. See, some of you are dealing with sickness in your body. God's saying, just have the faith to believe that I can touch you. And if he doesn't touch you, you're going to be healed on the other side. But he'll give you the strength and the grace while you're here on this earth to walk through whatever you're walking through. Amen? He promises that. He won't give you anything you cannot handle through his grace and through his strength. And some days we question that. Amen? But he promises. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He says, lo, I'm always with you. I'm with you. I want to do something different this morning. If you're here this morning, you say, you know, Pastor Bob, and this is Father's Day and stuff, and just, and just go, this is what I want you to realize. Your Heavenly Father knows everything you need. And He loved you enough that He sent Jesus to prove His love for you. And that you don't have to stay. Resurrection power means this. You don't have to stay in the same place you've been. That God has enough power and enough grace to take whatever you've been. Like some of you have been a slave to things. That means that thing has got a grip on you. It could be a lie. It could be a dysfunction the way you were grown up. It could be like you're just living in condemnationville. You could be living in the book of hesitation and just hesitate. I don't know where to go, what to do, how to do it. But some of you need to take a step of faith this morning to receive the love of God. That Jesus came as a sacrifice from the Father to prove not only His love but His forgiveness towards you. You know, there's power in forgiveness. You see, some of you are just a slave to whatever that thing is. You're giving yourself over to that thing. You think about that thing. You, 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 you can't get rid of that thing. And God just saying, hey, let me just love you. Let me love you right through that thing. Let me get that thing. Give me control. Give him control of whatever it is. You say, Pastor Bubba, I know what you're talking about. There's been things I've allowed myself to be a slave to. But this morning, I just want to, can we just break the power of the devil this morning? Can we do that this morning? And what we're going to do, I'm going to pray for you. And if that's you, you say, Pastor Bubba, there's things that, you know, I've, I've allowed a spirit of judgment or prejudice to get in my heart. I've even had a prejudice that God can't forgive me. He can forgive everybody, but not me. That's a prejudice. Are you hearing me? You're saying God can do everything, but not this. Maybe you're in that category of you just need God to free you in an area in your life. I just want you to do this. I just want you to stand to your feet right now, all over this room. Come on, get up. Get up. No, get up. Get up. Get up. Whatever, whoever you are. Come on. Don't stop. Don't stop. Come on. God loves you. God loves you. I'm standing with you. Now, let's all stand. Just lift our hands. Come on. Everybody stand this morning. Just lift your hands to heaven right now. I want to pray for you. I want to pray God's release, God's freedom in your life. He's here to support you. 
He's here to give you a fresh image of who he is. If you don't have an expectation, you can't have a visitation from God. Father, we come this morning. We thank you. We have an expectation. God, I thank you that you love everyone in this building. You love everyone. And God, God, we have needs. And we, and we know that you're the only one that can provide everything we need. You're the source. We, have, we believe that, God, that you can fill the need. You can break those things that we've been enslaved ourselves to. God, we have faith that you can fill it. And so, Lord, I pray that people right now would just, right now, all over this room, God, we ask you to forgive us. And I pray as they ask for forgiveness, whatever that thing is, or they cast that care upon you. The Bible says we cast our cares upon you, and you take care of them. I pray this morning that, God, that we would give you the opportunity to love us and free us. That, Lord, we walk out of here today a different person, a free person, filled with your mercy. And God, that we know that because of that, we can experience your mighty love. Now, Lord, love. Just love your people. Holy Spirit, I, 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 just, I just release you to have access. There's nothing I'm holding back. I just want you to come and have your way in people's hearts and in their lives. God, those that just need to be refreshed and renewed, those that need empowerment in their lives, they believe, God, what you did for them on the cross, but they haven't walked on the power to walk in what you've called them to walk in. Now, God, this morning, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would just release that in people's hearts. God, I pray you would rid them of dysfunction, of despair, of depression, of, of, of hopelessness. And I pray that the hope of God, the hope, the good news of the gospel would begin to come and they would walk away different today. They would be different today because they've had a visitation of the King of Kings, the King of Kings, the King of Kings. God, that you would walk in this place. You would have reign in this place. You would have freedom in this place in people's hearts and in their minds, in their marriages, in their children in their finances, in their job. Lord, thank you. You said that you cast our sins as far as the east is from the west, that we're saved, that we're loved, and we're forgiven. I pray that over every person here this morning. I pray for those that need a miracle in their body. I pray for those that need a miracle, God, with, with their thought life. I, I pray for those that need a miracle, God, for their children, those that need a miracle. God, that you are of the miracle-working God that is able to deliver to the uttermost. To the uttermost. You're able to deliver. You're able to set free. So, Father, we just thank you and we worship you and we thank you for your goodness, your love toward us, and we bless you and we honor you, Jesus, today. In Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Get, just begin to worship Him through that. Tell Him thank you for being a good Father, a good God. Father, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you.